Hi, I'm Haley. I am from the US, specifically Texas. And I am a nomadic ex-Googler who really likes Japanese office supplies. That's Haley from M24. This week, we're diving deep into Haley's story on humans of Minerva. Welcome to Humans of Minerva, a podcast that captures the interesting stories of humans as Minerva. I'm your host, Gabriel, and today I'll be sitting down with Haley from M24. Hi, Haley. Hello. Thanks for joining us today, Haley. I've been talking to you for quite a while now, and I know lots about you, but this is new information that you actually are obsessed with Japanese supplies. What does that mean, actually? Does that mean that in your house, you I don't even know our Japanese office supplies. Give us newbies overview of that. Yeah, so typically in Japan, their production quality is like super good. And this, this actually covers pretty much everything, but I particularly like office supplies. Like I really like having a nice notebook having a nice pen and all of the various office supply sundry of things. And when I first got into office supplies, like I was going to the American stores because I'm from America. And somehow I managed to get my hands on some Japanese pens and I kind of got obsessed. And I actually went to Japan just to buy office supplies. No, you're lying to me. That's a joke. <laughs> Not. <laughs> I love that. I had a whole extra suitcase too to bring home. Oh my. What did you do with all of that? You just use it. I mean, I used all of it. I played around with all of it, kind of like trying things out. I have an entire cabinet full of things. <laughs> That's really cool. What do you do with this office supply in general? Just like, do you take notes with it? Do you make art with it? Is there anything special? I'm very new to this whole field. Sorry yeah. for all the office supply fans. Well, I think I, well, I'm a big journaler. I really like to like write my journal on mm. paper. Actually, at this point, I go back and forth between like typing and writing because like I feel like a different modes of thought, but I really like writing on paper and I also like planning on paper. So I got really into like planners and calendars and things like that. I just like really like using Japanese office supplies to do this. Well, I love that. That's super interesting. But now I want to transition to something else that you mentioned. You just glossed over in the introduction. You are an ex-Googler. What does that mean? What did you do at Google? Yeah, so I worked for Google for three years. I was, my official job title was partner systems engineer. But basically I dealt with API feeds. So for example, I worked in playbooks and the way it worked is like the partners would send us feeds that had all the book information. And then my job and my team's job essentially was to ingest that information, do some like data cleaning, that kind of thing. And then send the information on to wherever it's supposed to be in the Google system so that it can show up on like Google books. That's very interesting. How did you get into that? How does one land a Google job? <laughs> okay, I'm an oddball when it comes to jobs. Like I've never actually applied for a job and gotten a job through the normal channels like ever in my entire life. So most people like apply, they get referred. I on the other hand was procrastinating one day and my browser, I was searching for something related to programming. My browser kind of just like randomly opened up. Like there was an animation that made like look like it opened up and this game popped up and I was like, oh look, something to procrastinate <laughs> with because I'm a procrastinator. So I started playing this game and I got past level three. I got, like got to level four and a thing popped up. It was like, you know, what's your name? What's your email? When would you like your interview with Google? And I was like, no. this is a Google recruitment tool? Like I had no idea it was a Google recruitment tool. No. Yeah, and so then I was like, I don't know, next week. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's the best procrastination I've ever heard. Yeah. Why hasn't that happened to me yet? <laughs> that's really cool. But yeah, like, and I don't know how, like, but I get jobs that way. That's just like 
how my life has always worked. That's interesting. So you saw that pattern again. So you say you're an ex-Googler, so that means you left Google at some point. I did leave Google, yes. Interesting. And then after Google, you got other jobs in the same way that they just appeared, you didn't apply? Well, before Google. So actually, Google was my last job before coming to Minerva. Mm -hmm. But previous to Google, that's how I've gotten just various jobs. Like, for example, I purchased a product and I complained about it too much until they started to lay hype side diary. <laughs> or one time I found a phone number on a job board, like a physical job board. Mm -hmm. Usually there's jobs posted on the job board, but someone put their number up there. Me being curious and why in the world would someone just put a number on a job board? I called the number and they it ended up being Merrill Lynch. Someone had taken the rest of the job board, like, so it's just a number and they're like you know hello Merrill Lynch and I was like I'm calling because there was a number on a job board so I yeah I called them and you know they answered the phone and I was like hello I found the, your number on a job board and they're like oh you're calling about the 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 the, the job and I was like yes I guess so and you didn't know what job was that. No, you had no idea. No idea. It could be like and a sales job. This was this was actually like my first job ever. So like at that point I didn't care. And they're like, no one has applied for that. No one's even called us. We're like we're amazed that no one's called us. We were gonna about to close the job. You can have it if you want it. Wow. Like I didn't even like they like barely even interviewed me. Like they asked me like three questions. Like I came in and they asked me a couple questions and like, you're good. Yeah, I worked for Merle Lynch when I was quite young. And so that was like my first job ever <laughs> working for Merle Lynch. Wow, that's super interesting, Haley. I was working in their like marketing department. Yeah. So. But yeah, like that's and like I have like so many just like job stories of getting jobs in really random ways. Oh wow, that's really cool. <laughs> but I'm like right now, <laughs> I am in the job search process. Oh yeah. I'm trying, you know, you, we're all in the application process. There is interviews and everything. Yeah. And it's so nerve wracking. The uncertainty. Will I get a job? When will I get a job, right? Yeah, For how yeah. long do I have to be in this process? Yeah. You don't feel that. Oh, no, I don't have that at all. I just, like, I have this philosophy where life will present me with the things I should do. And I don't really worry about it. Like, things will happen when they happen, when they're supposed to happen. And life will carry me through. And, like, I have this, it's deeply ingrained in just the way that I am and the way that I think. And, I don't know, some people might call it manifesting. Like, I'll, I'll think about I need a job now and one magically appears. But I don't really think of it exactly like that. I think of it more of like, I'm to the point where like I'm ready for a new job and the universe provides one for me. And it's kind of like the universe provides and there's certain amount of lessons that I'm supposed to learn. This is like my core philosophy. There's certain things that I need to learn from my life and life will present me with the opportunities that I need to, to learn those things and to do the things that I need to do. And my job is to be open to those kind of things and and to go with it and not try to fight the process. There are times where I like I'll get attached to something and I don't want to transition to the next thing or I don't want to do the thing and I'm like learning how to listen to the world and to listen to what my life should be is something that I've really worked on over the years and is now like super deeply ingrained in like who I am. Wow, that's very fascinating, Haley. And I'm very curious, uh -huh. where does that come from? And you know, let's take a, a step back. Do you think that yeah. It has anything to do with your uprising? Was it your family? Was it your parents? Was it the education you get? How do you think you came to this mentality? Yeah, I think, and I've thought about this and I'm not 100% sure, 
But I think part of it is that I, I did have a really good childhood. Like my parents provided for me well. They, they were really good parents. I'm sure they're probably gonna listen to this. Hi mom. <laughs> but yeah, I had really good parents and they, you know, they provided. And I think that kind of transitioned into the universe is going to provide because I, I was very trusting that my parents were gonna provide. Mm. And then I think that combined with the fact that I've just been kind of an oddball my entire life. And I've just always made my own philosophy, made my own rules of life. And it has worked as I've gone through life it has always provided. Like I've always believed it's gonna provide. It has never failed me up to this point. And like, you know, I, in my back of my mind, like maybe one day it won't work. Nah, at this point it's worked so many times. I don't even doubt it anymore. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, uh, I've gotten close to running out of all my money before, <laughs> but it's, come through. Wow, that's very interesting. And I, I had this business class today where we talked about this concept of creative optimism. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool to think of how that seems to be, you always had this optimism that, yeah. th that helps you, I think, create kind of the life yeah. you want and, and go in the direction you want. Mm -hmm. I have just one more question about your parents because okay. I'm just still curious about it. How were they? And just give me a little glimpse of what was your childhood like? Well, okay, we, we moved a lot when I was very young. So I lived in four places before I was four, but I don't actually remember any of that. We settled for a while in Phoenix, Arizona for a couple of years, and then we moved to Austin, Texas. And I basically grew up in Austin, Texas. So like I say I'm from Texas, because that's where I did the vast majority of my childhood. And my dad is from Texas. My mom was originally from Oregon, but moved to Arkansas mm -hmm. when she was in high school. So there's a lot of Southerner in my family. Mm -hmm. I don't speak with Texas accent, but I do have occasional Arkansas accent because that's what my mom has. So I will say a couple weird words occasionally, but overall my childhood was just pretty good. And nothing that stands out that you just think, oh, that was specifically important or specifically different than other kids that you've met. Well, one thing is, so I mentioned my, my mom grew up in Oregon or like early childhood. My grandparents actually moved back to Oregon. And so I spent every summer on my grandparents' farm in the middle of nowhere. So like, I do have a little bit of country girl, mm -hmm. even though I grew up, you know, spent my year, school year in the city, I spent mm -hmm. my summers in the country. So I'm kind of like one foot in each world. So I do have a little bit of that like country attitude or whatever. I think that's one thing that's kind of unique about me. Like a lot of people are either country or either city or, you know, they grew up in one place and maybe travel a lot, but like I did live kind of in two different ways. That's really cool, Haley. And going back to something you said, mm -hmm. Uh, and you said, I feel that I have these lessons I want to learn. Yes. And you know, I don't fight it, I go through it until mm -hmm. it's done. You spent three years at Google, lots of nervous, including me, seemed like, wow, that's a great career, you know? Getting a job that has probably a very nice paycheck, lots of the other mm -hmm. stuff that comes with it, health insurance, this, that, and that, and that. Massages. Yes, <laughs> all of this stuff. Yes. Why did you leave? And just more broadly, when do you know it's time to leave? So specifically, Specifically with Google, I'll answer that first. I wanted to move to Boston, and at first they let me move to Boston, and then when I got to Boston, they were like, whoops, never mind, we want you to come back to Mountain View. And I really didn't want to move back to Mountain View. So I was like, whoop, well, I guess I'm leaving now because there's, like, there's no way I'm gonna move back. So for that, there was like a clear thing that happened, but usually it's a feeling. It's just like, this is not allowing me to grow anymore. And I'm starting to get almost bored, but in a growth way, like I'm just not growing. Like I'm not contributing to my learning or my well-being with this anymore. It just doesn't feel like I fit there anymore. Like mm. it's, it's that kind of sense. 
And then it's a very intuitive thing then. It's, oh yeah, it's very intuitive. You just feel it. Yeah. You trust you... that gut feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a very intuitive thing going on. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible, Haley. How has that manifested in other areas of your life? Is this kind of mentality that you have about jobs, that you manifest, that you'll come at the right time, that you learn this in the lessons, is that something that you bring to other areas of your life or is it different? I mean, it, it does. It is a little different in other areas, but there is that overarching philosophy that is pretty much in every one of my everyone like all the different areas of my life. Like I especially have decided, you know, I've especially worked on developing that even in the areas where it may not come as naturally, like relationships, for example. Mm. Yeah. And it's definitely not like rosy and usually you learn lessons through painful situations. So mm. It's not, you know, it's about learning to stay calm and trusting the process through the times where you really don't want to. Uh, that's beautiful. Let's put that on a, yeah. on a board. Let's frame <laughs> that. Uh -huh. And I think that's so hard. That's so hard to embrace. But it's, it really seems to me that that's something you look for, right? This opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. um, and that's an interesting mindset to put yourself on. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking here of this serendipity mindset, or this state of going through life, allowing the situations and these opportunities to come to you. So how did Minerva fit into that then? How did I find Minerva? When I was in the process of like leaving Google, I audited a class at MIT. That's a whole nother story. But I audited a class at MIT, which introduced me to the concept of computational cognitive science and probabilistic programming. These are all very buzzwordy, but basically the idea is that they're trying to reverse engineer the human mind. So it's like kind of AI, but it's also kind of psychology. And I was a cognitive major at Rice, so cognitive science major at Rice. I really liked cognitive science and I just kind of fell in love with this idea of computational cognitive science because I'm a programmer. And from there, I was like, I might want to get a PhD in this. Like, I want to actually like go into this field. Like this, this field seems cool, it feels right. And so I started talking to people about getting a PhD and getting accepted to PhD programs. And there's only a couple in the country, like this is a fairly new field. And everyone I talked to was like, you do not have the background. You do not have the background. You do not have the background. You need more AI, you need more computer science, that kind of thing. And ever since I left life, like almost from the day I graduated, I was like, I'm going to get a second undergrad like in the back of my mind like I want a second undergrad and it has bothered me for years this idea that I need a second undergrad and so when someone you know when these people were saying like you need a computer science degree and I was like well they're telling me I need a computer science degree my back of my mind is telling me I need a second degree I guess I'm go going back to school <laughs> like okay life let's do this I hear it now I get it I'm, yeah. I'm starting to get the Haley feeling here yeah and then I ran into building an intentional university like the book Minerva book and I bought that and I'm like oh this is you know like this school sounds interesting like then I read the book and I was like as soon as I finish that book I'm like I'm enrolling like now which it was after the deadline it was like in May and so I, I went online I was like okay I just have to like wait a year or something and I found a news press like that they had released a press release thing on the visiting scholars program. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that bothered me about Minerva was I didn't want to go back to San Francisco because I just literally had just moved away from San Francisco. Like I lived in San Francisco, mm -hmm. I just moved to Boston. And I found this, this press release on the visiting scholars and I was like, this is perfect. I don't have to go back to San Francisco for my first year. I'll just do this for the first year and then apply to do the rest of the program. So I never actually like planned to not quit after the visiting scholars. Mm -hmm. Like it was a strategic move. 
And so that's what I did. I applied for the Visiting Scholars Program. In the first year, you didn't actually have to apply. Like I think the Visiting Scholars have to apply now, but originally you didn't. You just had to like send in your app, the fact that you got accepted into a different school. So I sent them my rice transcript and they like automatically accepted me. <laughs> so see, I didn't even apply. <laughs> I did eventually apply when they transitioned me from Visiting Scholars to full-fledged Minervan. Mm -hmm. Then I actually went through the like the tests and stuff. Yeah. But so... at that point, I already had like one of the higher cornerstone grades. So I think they were going to accept me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So now you can officially be part of the cult because you yes. went through the full experience yes. test and everything. I did. I went through the whole test. So love it. You, yep. I would not accept you unless you went through that suffering. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes. Yes. I did in fact go through the suffering. So good. Just did it later than everyone else. <laughs> and I'm, I'm wondering here, yeah, you had done a full degree, worked in a few jobs at least, yes. you know, yes. for a nice company, everything. How was it coming back to school and dealing with academics and everything? I love it. I never want to work another job again. I just want to do this the rest of my life. No, no. <laughs> Google, Google not listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I love school. I love learning. And one thing I regret about Rice, this is partly the reason why like, I wanted to get a second undergrad for all those years, is I didn't take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Like, I was at Rice to get through it, to, you know, pass my classes. And I did. Like, I got really good grades, but I was very good at, like, learning the minimum amount of material to pass the test and then like forgetting all of it. I didn't take it seriously. Mm. So I graduated, I'm like, what did I actually learn? Like, did I actually learn stuff? What happened in the last four years of my life? Like, what was this? That was one of my bigger regrets. So I wanted a second chance. I wanted mm. to do it again. And now, so like when I started Minerva, I promised myself that I was going to do as best as I possibly can mm. and actually learn the material mm. and take it seriously. Some of my friends are like, why are, you, why are you working so hard? Like you work harder than all of us. Like all of us work hard, but like you work way harder than everyone else. And I'm like, it's because of that. It is because I do not want to finish this experience with any of that regret that I got from Rice. That's really interesting because I do think that, you know, given the context of Minerva sometimes, yeah. you have so much, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. Moving to a new city, it's, you know, just managing an adult life, cooking, <laughs> cleaning, <laughs> you know, having a social cool. life, all of that stuff, <laughs> plus the education, the mental health, everything. I think sometimes it's so hard to it do is. this. Yes. How have you managed all of this? I, I live by myself and no one is allowed into my apartment. I don't, <laughs> I can't believe I'm admitting that on a podcast. I have ADHD and I struggle with things like keeping things clean and feeding myself properly. Mm -hmm. Like I'll bet I thoroughly, I, I struggle really hard with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't really have that. I focus mostly on school, <laughs> but it has been a challenge to keep up the like adult life thing. That was the one benefit of rice. They feed you. Pick that Minerva. Yeah. Rice wins on the food category. I'm sorry. We had like a world world renowned chef actually in our dorms. Wow. It was crazy. Wow, I mean I could I sure I wouldn't be able to afford that, but good for us. I'm kidding. Haley, I want to go back to this and thanks for sharing it in the podcast. You mentioned you have ADHD mm -hmm. and I think in general, you know, stereotypically, we don't think of an ex-Googler, of someone who's exceeding and is excellent at school as mm -hmm. someone with ADHD. Yeah. I also have autism. Like, people don't know that about me. Like, I'm, well, people do. I admit, I freely admit it, but like, people don't expect me to say that. Wow, yeah, and I would never expect that. Yeah. You know, because it's stereotypically, you know, mm -hmm. 
you just not expect someone like you, not only given your professional development and all of this, but you know, you're really good talking to people and you know, this is proof of it. And, and now, <laughs> I used to not be. Tell us a little bit about this process, right? How has it been for you and to be diagnosed with autism, with ADHD, mm -hmm. to be high performing in all of these areas? And, and anyway, it's to manage life. Yeah, it's hard. I'll, I'll thoroughly admit having like autism and ADHD is not a cakewalk. I was diagnosed with ADHD very young. So that one I've kind of grown up with. I'm on, I, I was on Ritalin in high school and like middle school and high school, but it caused so many side effects. I'm actually not on medication right now. Like I can't, I'm super sensitive to stimulants. So I have to, I have to manage everything just using techniques, which is one reason why I'm like super obsessed with like high performance skills and productivity mm -hmm. because I need it almost more than like other people. And it's a challenge, like it's a challenge. Food is, as I mentioned, food for me is a real big challenge, partly due to the sensory issues. Like I have certain foods that I can't eat because I can't eat them because of the sensory problems. I have foods I can't cook because of sensory problems. And I have foods that I can't clean up because mm. of sensory problems. If you eliminate all those foods, oh, and I have food allergies. <laughs> Eating is difficult. And so like that sort of stuff gets in the way of life. Mm. Or like having ADHD, like sometimes I just can't focus. Like sometimes I can't concentrate on something or my brain, I get stuck in paralysis mode and I'm like, I need to do this thing. I need to do this thing. I need to do this thing. But there's something tiny like sitting in the way and it's really hard. Like that stuff gets in the way of stuff. The good thing about Minerva is a lot of the stuff I'm studying is very interesting to me. And so I can run on interest, <laughs> but I'm doing a lot of work this semester in trying to work on some of the areas I'm weaker on <laughs> because I realized that I can't keep going like I'm going <laughs> without fixing some of the problems and be able to succeed in getting a PhD. <laughs> so like the next two years of Minerva, I'm really focused on trying to like work on some of the things that get in the way of me living my best life, mm. Is it too personal to ask you what are some of those things? It's not too personal. I'm like a super open book. Like seriously, people can ask me whatever they want, but I'm gonna blank on like what they are because there's so many options. That's an ADHD thing. If you have multiple options in your brain, you can't pick one. I do that with like all the tasks and everything. I get stuck in like paralysis, mm. task paralysis mode. So there's an example. That's totally fine. We can, we can come back to it. Yeah, like when, well, I'm doing just, that's an example. I have a really hard time prioritizing things mm. really hard time prioritizing things so if i have too much on my plate nothing gets done mm. that's very interesting and i think i just not just me all of us got such a good view at who you are and it's incredible like you're such an incredible human and that's so cool that's so cool to hear how you have learned adapt how you have created not only good systems but also a good intuition right yeah I'm thinking then, after knowing the past, a little bit of the present, what does the future look like for Haley? What kind of problems do you hope to solve? What kind of challenges do you want next? Where do you want to grow into? And this is gonna come quickly to my field. Okay, so I mentioned I wanna get a PhD in computational cognitive science. But one thing I'm really interested in is internal family systems therapy, which is a form of therapy that I have been doing or a part of whatever the correct terminology is for the last couple of years. It has really, really helped me further develop some of this 
this philosophy and just like being okay with myself. So I've learned a ton about myself through IFS and I am interested in figuring out why IFS works the way it does. Mm. There's not that much empirical research on this at all. There's empirical research on things like dissociative identity disorder, which mirrors IFS. And so like, there's a little bit of theory on maybe like dissociative identity disorder is the like disordered version of IFS. Like the, if it's like if the same mm -hmm. system is underlying this thing, mm -hmm. but no one really knows. Like there's not that much research on it. And that's an area that I am very interested in. And so probably gonna do my capstone related to that. So that's probably going on to get my PhD, cross my fingers, hopefully at MIT and see what life, life leads me, maybe relationship maybe moving somewhere cool i don't know i just let life lead me where i want where it, where it's supposed to take me so it's hard to answer that question i was about to say life will show you life will like show always me. yeah it is what it is i will go where i go i love that now i want to move into a fast fire round of questions so what is one of your favorite song or TV show? <laughs> I'm a supernatural geek. The TV show Supernatural? Yeah, kind of obsessed. <laughs> Phone calls or texting? Text message, hands yep. down. Wow, Netflix or YouTube? Oh, that's a toss up. I go back and forth. Like, right now, YouTube, but uh, at some point, I'll switch back to Netflix. <laughs> Camping or binge watching shows at home? Well, I used to live in an RV, which is kind of camping and watching shows at the same time. <laughs> I love We that. didn't even talk about the RV. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> That's so much of the talk, Haley. All right, let's wrap this episode. Haley, it's been so great to have you here. And I'm wondering if people want to continue this conversation with you, how can they reach you? For Minervans, I am on Telegram. And otherwise, I have an Instagram account that I don't really post on, but I check every day. So it's I am Haley Renee, you know, at I am Haley Renee. My name is H A I L E Y and it's R-E-N-E. -E. And do reach out. I love talking to people. So like, you know, reach out to me. Well, we can schedule coffee. Thank you for being on the show, Haley. It was a pleasure to have you here on the podcast once again. Thanks for having me. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and automatically get notified about new episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at humansofminerva.podcast for all the latest updates and announcements. And finally, special thanks to our editor, Cassandra Cruz, for working her magic on this episode.